Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The other variations of the name, brothers and sisters. But again, we believe in the name of Jesus. We have no issue with the English version of the name. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the earth by where the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites and all the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law. He set us apart, brothers and sisters, so we can't do what the people of the world does if we call ourselves Christians or uh, uh, to be in a body of Christ. So therefore, we don't eat pork, catfish, lobster, shrimp, or any animal that's deemed to be unpermissible to eat in the book of Leviticus, the 11th chapter. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures of Old Testament and, and the testimony of New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or a New Testament Christian. You must be both. Number uh, nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service, right? We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. We don't believe in the cross or images or holidays that originated in the worship of other gods, such as Easter, Christmas, New Year's, and any other holiday that originated in the worship of a false and idol god. These are all antichrists, according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what nationality, race, or color. According to Revelation 7 and 9, it said that I saw a nation, I saw a number that no man could count, right? Of all nations and all tongues stand before the lamb and the throne, for uh, brothers and sisters. So we understand and we know that God is going to save a remnant out of every nation on this earth, brothers and sisters. So at this time, brothers, if you have a hat on, we ask that you remove your hats. Sisters, if you don't have a head covering on, we ask that you remove that and uh, get ready for another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour We're here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. Now, brothers and sisters, it is time for us to bring on our YouTube, our YouTube listeners. It is time for us to bring on our YouTube listeners. So let us go ahead and get ready to bring on our YouTube. And that's going to be in 10 seconds. Let's get ready to get the YouTube on. Five seconds. Four, three, 
YouTube. Peace and blessings, YouTube. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. Now, I thank all of you all for watching the videos, sharing the videos. Um, please leave a comment, YouTube listeners and watchers, and please subscribe to the channel below. Like the video and subscribe to the channel. And I appreciate when I read your comments. One of the comments um, was based on last week's lesson about why are we celebrating the Day of Atonement on Wednesday at sundown as opposed to right now, which is Tuesday at sundown. Well, we're going to answer that in this lesson. But first, let's get into what the actual lesson is about. Tonight's lesson is control alt delete again control alt delete now anyone that's out there you can put it in the comment sections because we're also live on facebook if you use a computer pretty regularly now i'm not talking about just your phone i'm talking about a computer because if you use a laptop or a desktop there are certain keys on there and the keys are control alt and delete and when you want to get out of a program when you want to restart your computer when you want to log off that is a command that you can give the computer in which you can do all those things but how can we comply that same principle to our everyday lives brothers and sisters we're going to show you how on this um, edition of the Bible class truth hour and it's called control alt delete let's go ahead and start with our lesson in this lesson we will use computer language to help us understand what we need to do to get in good graces with the Lord can we use the simple formula this simple formula control alt delete to better ourselves and to become better men and women of God the computer command of control alt delete is a command to exit an existing program how many of us are on a program today brothers and sisters we're on a routine today brothers and sisters that we need to exit out of i know i am i know there's some things in my life that i need to exit out of so how can we use this computer command of control alt to de delete which is a command to uh, exit an existing program or a system and reboot or start over. Do we need to override and reboot things in our lives today, even down to our mentality on life? Now, we got to deal with the first one, brothers and sisters, control. Now, when we look up the definition of control, we read that control means to have power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. I'm going to say that again. The definition of control is having the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. Now, having money don't necessarily means that you have control, brothers and sisters. But you ever seen people that walked into a room 
and the whole room shifted and the whole room changed. I know what that's like, brothers and sisters. I remember hanging out with some friends from my childhood. Some of them smoked weed, some of them did other things. But when I came into the room, it made them uncomfortable to do the, some of those things that they were doing because of the certain amount of control that God gave me, brothers and sisters, with not only my life, but my lifestyle and the influence that I had over those who were around me. I would like to think that God created me to be a man of God that made other people around me better. I know many of you all could identify with that because some of you all are those type of leaders that have the type of control that you make your environment better. But we always give credit to Almighty God, brothers and sisters, because he is the one that gives us that gift. That gift is an anointing. I call it the blessing and the curse. You know how it is when nobody ever thinks that you need anything? No, nobody ever thinks that you ain't doing okay. Nobody ever thinks that you hurt or feel pain or, or you down or you need to be lifted up or you need a word of encouragement. Nobody ever thinks that you need that. Why? Because you have the power to influence, direct people's behavior or the course of events. So people that have control not only over themselves, but over other situations and over other people, I call that having a blessing and a curse. But let's get to this lesson. Is it difficult to control the lust of the flesh and the desires that one has living in this world? Of course it is, brothers and sisters. For example, living in America, living in this country, we are, are bombarded by commercials and advertisement every single day. We see cars that we desire. We're seeing homes that we desire. We see shoes that we desire. Y'all get up off of Amazon now. I know y'all on there every day surfing. Y'all waiting for that Amazon Prime Day, October 11 and 12. I know y'all waiting. But anyway, <laughs> brothers and sisters, we. Uh, have a desire to have certain things living in this country, right? It's not a need, it's a desire. There's an urge to live the lifestyle of the nation and of the people that live in this nation in which we live. But that can be dangerous on one other end. That's why we have to have a certain amount of control. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6 and 13 through 15. Deuteronomy 6, and we're going to read verses 13 through 15. Deuteronomy 6, 13 through 15, and it reads, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. You shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around about you. So what does this mean? You shall not go after other gods, right? That means that when you live in a nation or a country, right? And they do things 
that are alternative, which is the next alt to how the Lord says do things, the Lord may say, okay, I want you to take Friday sundown and Saturday sundown and you set that day aside and that's going to be your Sabbath day. But now we live in a country that says, oh, you ain't got to worry about that being your Sabbath day. We're going to switch what the Lord said and we're going to do it our way, which remember Sunday originated with the worship of the sun god that the Romans had, one of their Roman deities. So Constantine came in and he said, we're going to make the day that we worship the sun on our Sabbath day. So that's how the Sabbath day, which is the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday, got changed to the first day of the week, which is Sunday. But again, the Lord says, you shall not go after other gods or the gods of the people which are round about you. Who is all around us? The Gentiles are all around us. And you're going to start seeing it. In just a few weeks, you're going to start seeing Halloween advertisements in the Mexican community. And I was at the flea market Sunday. And I started seeing little statues of skeletons. They have a day that they call the Day of the Dead. Catholics have a day that they have called All Saints Day. We're going to do a lesson on that as it gets near, brothers and sisters. But again, all around us, all cultures and all nations and all people, they're doing their own thing. But the Lord said, you shall not go after their gods, which means that you go also go after their customs of the gods of the people which are around about you. Verse 15, for the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against you and destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded thee. So some of those things that I just spoke about, those are in his commandments. So when we call ourselves Christians or followers of Jesus, we got to do what Jesus did, brothers and sisters. And so we're talking about controlling ourselves, which is the first in, of three, control, alt, delete. We got to control ourselves and see that we are not influenced by the world, but the world is influenced by God through us. I'm going to say that again. We got to make sure that we're not influenced by the world, but that the world is influenced by the God in us and through us. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, the 18th chapter, verses 9 through 14. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14. We're talking about control, alt, delete. Control, alt, delete. Deuteronomy 18 verses 9 through 14. And it reads, when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth you, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or they use a divin divination, or observers of times, or a chanters, or a witch. You know how we 
so glad to say in our race? Oh, what sign? What's your zodiac sign? What sign are you? Oh, I'm an Aries, or I'm a Taurus, or I'm a Libra, or I'm a Capricorn, or I'm a Sagittarius, or those brothers and sisters are not of God. That zodiac. Mm -mm. He said, or a charmer, or a consultant with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. What are we going to be looking at in just three weeks from now? Halloween, our children are going to be dressed up like wizards and Harry Potter, and they're going to be dressed up like witches and, and enchanters. And necro means dead. N-E-C-R-O means dead. So a necromancer is someone who romances with death or the dead, brothers and sisters. It says, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God do drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. What does it mean, thou shalt be perfect? We know we can't be perfect in this flesh and blood body, but keeping the commandments is what the Lord calls perfect, brothers and sisters. As perfect as we can get in this flesh and blood body. Let's go to Leviticus 18, verses 1 through 5. Leviticus 18. Verses one through five, we're talking about control, alt, delete. What is it that we must control, brothers and sisters? This flesh and blood body, the lust, and those things that we desire that are not of God. Ain't nothing wrong with you working hard and going out and buying a nice car. Ain't nothing wrong with you working hard and going out and buying a nice house. But when you have to do things to get the money, to get those things. Now, brothers and sisters, things become a little bit different. Because now your lust is fueling the desire and the things that you have to do in order to gain those things. How many stars and athletes have we read about that have done certain things and they were already, they already had money. They weren't broke like us. They already had money. They had foundations and they had other things and they took money from their foundations. And if we even look at churches today, not as a whole, but some churches, Jesus is the name most used to rob the people, to feel the collection plate, to do different things to get what you want. All you gotta do is just say the name Jesus. You see people outside on the side of the expressway. When they mention the name Jesus, you really feel more uh, obligated to give to them. Now, I'm not saying, brothers and sisters, that those people are not in need, that we see that are begging for money, but all of the people that are out there begging for money is not doing it for legitimate purposes, but they know what name to use in order to get it. Let me use the name Jesus. Let me write a little sign with the name Jesus on there and let me come up off of that. So, brothers and sisters, when we read this and when we talk about our wants and our desires, and how we must control ourselves to make sure that that's not becoming an idol to us, as Sister Key Israel said. Don't you know that there are a lot of things that be can become an idol other than 
um, a, a, a wood carving. Yes. Your children can become your idol. Your husband or your wife can become your idol. That car that you want so much can become your idol. That home that you want so much can become your idol. So much so that now it's become more important to you than what God is. Let's go back to this lesson. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. Let's go to Leviticus 18. Leviticus 18. And uh, let's see what we're going to do here. We're going to read Leviticus 18, verses 1 through 5. Leviticus 18, verses 1 through 5, and it reads, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein you dwelt, shall ye not do? And after the doings of the land of Canaan, where I bring you, shall ye not do? Neither shall you walk in there ordinances so you came out of egypt leave egypt where it was you came out of canaan leave canaan where it was or where it is see we got to come out of the folkways and the mores and the norms of this society and we got to follow what thus saith the lord even if it hurts Yes, I know what mama told us, and she was a good person. I know what grandmama told us, and she was a good person. She had a Bible. She went to church on Sunday. She ate pork and catfish and did a lot of the things that the Bible condemns, brothers and sisters. But she was a good person. So now we're in a position where we have to look at this thing, and we have to ask ourselves the question, was mama right? Do I have to do better than what the generation before me did, brothers and sisters? And that's the big challenge of the day, that we got to do things because we got information. This is the information age right now. We know more than any generation before us knew because all we got to do is say, hey, Google, blah, 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 blah. I remember we used to have to go down in the basement and look inside of the encyclopedia and try to search and find this stuff. Took hours to find out what people can find out now in just minutes. It says at Leviticus 18, one through five, it says, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein you dwelt, shall ye not do? And after the doings of the land of Canaan, where I bring you, shall you not do, neither shall you walk in their ordinances. You shall do my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statues and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. So we can't make excuses to customize the word of God according to our lifestyle and according to the way we think. And this is why we must stop using the term, well, I just feel and I just think and I just believe. Well, what I feel and what I think and what I believe could be in error. It could be wrong. But how do I fact check what I say I believe? If I believe in the Lord, I got to go to the book of the Lord and see if my belief, if my feelings 
and if my thoughts are lining up with the word of God. And this is what we have to push each other to do, brothers and sisters. We're talking about control, alt, delete. Now, let's go to the book of Genesis, the 19th chapter. Let's look at another example. During the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, God saved Lot's family. Everyone couldn't let go, though. See, we don't have control, brothers and sisters, when we remove ourselves from God we lose that control to, man, I really want that. I really desire to have that. I really want, we, we're all guilty, brothers and sisters. Lot's wife just couldn't let go. Let's go to Genesis 19, one through five. Genesis 19, one through five. We're talking about control, alt, delete. Can you control the urge and the desire to do things that are not of God? We are all in that fight. Genesis 19, one through five, it says, and there came two angels to Sodom at evening and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot seeing them rose up to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, behold now my lords, turn in, I pray you into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, nah, no, lot. We we ain't doing that. But we gonna stay out here in the street all night. It says, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto unto him and entered into his house. And he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. Now, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Why was Lot trying so hard to get them to stay in the house? Well, we're going to read in a little bit. Let's go to verses four and five. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, can pass the house round, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. And they call unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Do you know what the Bible calls know them? That means that they wanted to have sex with these angels, brothers and sisters. You ever read in the book of Genesis and Adam knew his wife and she conceived? Well, they said, bring these men out so that we may know them. Let's go to verses 11 through 13. And it reads, and they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they were wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And this is the same way that the Lord is coming to destroy what we hold in such high regard, brothers and sisters. And he even said that he's starting with the house of the Lord first. We are back in a situation like Sodom and Gomorrah. Everything that the Lord calls wrong, society now calls right. Oh, it's okay. Oh, it's all right. You could do that. 
You, 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 it's okay. No, don't teach my children homosexuality in grammar school or put it in the cartoons that they watch. Programming them to do something that the Lord tells them in his word not to do. Now, if they get older, if they get grown and they decide to live that lifestyle, let it be up to them during that time. But don't infiltrate the children's programming with this sinful madness, brothers and sisters. But let's continue reading. But this is the type of society that we live in. But we back on Lot's wife. She couldn't control it. She loved it too much to let it go. Let's go to verses 23 through 26. And this is where we got to stay under control. Even something as little as turning around, looking back, trying to get that little last glimpse. I know I need to let this go. I've been praying to God to deliver me from this, but I keep turning back. I don't have the control. Verses 23 through 26, and it reads, this is Genesis 19. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zor. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So brothers and sisters, I know it's hard to let go of some things that we've been dealing with in our lives and we've been praying to God for God, I need your strength. I don't have control over this particular thing that I've been fighting, that I've been battling. I need you to help me control my emotions. And so we need, brothers and sisters, to get to the point where we control alt and delete. Let's go to alt, brothers and sisters. Let's go to alt. Now, before we go there, I want to show you something. There are pleasure centers of the brain and dopamine. Somebody write that word in the comment section. Dopamine. D-O-P-A. M-I-N-E, dopamine, okay? I want y'all to check this out. We gotta control our desires, brothers and sisters. Living in this world and this flesh and blood body, it can be very difficult when we have given in to certain things. When we suffer addictions to whatever it may be, brothers and sisters, this is, one of the best examples that we have about losing control, but some of us too are quick to anger. And we let stuff get to us so much that we don't have the control over our emotions. Let's talk about this dopamine, brothers and sisters, in this pleasure center of the brain. Uh, look how God wired us and the way we work. Now let's go into science. Electrical stimulation. And Sister Key Israel, if you can copy this, 
and you can paste this in the comment section so maybe they can read with me. It says electrical stimulation of the ventral tegmental area or VTA triggers the release of dopamine in the nucleus accumbens much in the same way that addictive drugs and natural reinforcers such as sex, drugs, alcohol, food, or anything pleasurable also triggers the release of dopamines in the nucleus accumbens, right? Dopamine is known as the feel-good hormone. So dopamine is a hormone, brothers and sisters. It gives you a sense of pleasure. It also gives you the motivation to do something when you're feeling that pleasure. Dopamine is a part of the reward system. Now, I want y'all to check this out. It says multiple research studies on mice and rats have shown that the level of dopamines in the extracellular fluid of the nucleus accumbens increases when rats and when rats are eject, injected with addictive drugs such as cocaine, heroin, nicotine, or alcohol. When dopamine is released, it enforces addictive behaviors that are driven by a pleasurable reward or the anticipation of the reward. Anyone who's ever been addicted to drugs out there knows that when that drug has you hooked, you are looking for that high and you are willing to do anything in order to get that high because you know at the end of what you are doing leads leads to that pleasure that you are seeking it says the same results have been seen in human subjects in brain imaging studies increased levels of dopamine have been observed in the extracellular fluid of the nucleus accumbens when humans test subjects experience the rewarding rush of sex, drugs, or hitting the jackpot when you're gambling. Now, let's talk about social media because someone just put it up there in the comment section. Isn't it something how when you're playing the slot machine, it scrolls up, right? This is how they made social media. You keep scrolling up until you finally see something either that you've been looking for or that's interesting to you. And you can scroll up for hours waiting for that one thing, that one video that interests you. So they model social media off of the slot machine, brothers and sisters, but it's all to release those dopamines, those hormones that are the pleasure center of the brain. Now, the point is this. You're right. It even listens to you, brothers and sisters. It says, if scientists know what to do to increase levels of your dopamines, then what do you think Satan knows how to do? You think these scientists are smarter than Satan? 
No. If they know how to increase your levels of dopamine, Satan knows how to increase the levels of dopamine as well. Can we control our flesh when Satan comes in and tempts us? We've all lost that battle at one time or another. The purpose of this lesson tonight is for us to get back on that horse, brothers and sisters to get back on that horse and do today and tomorrow what we couldn't do yesterday. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. And we're going to read one verse, 13. 1 Corinthians 10. And we're going to read verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. And it reads, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So you're not the only one being tempted. You're not the only one that's going through what you are going through or been through what you have been through. You are not an alien, nor are you an island. You're not the only one. It says, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. So all men go through what you're going through. It says, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. So yeah, temptation is going to come, but it's not going to be so overwhelming where you can't deny it or refuse it. It says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape? that you may be able to bear it. So there's always time for you to walk away. You know how many people would be alive today if they just could have walked away? But the temptation of responding, the temptation of you curse me out, so I'm gonna say something to curse you out. The temptation of you pulling over on the side of me with your car, so I'm going to pull over on the side of you with my car. That was just a seven-year-old that was killed yesterday because his mom got into an incident, a road rage incident. She had two children in the back of the car, and the person in the other car saw that this was a woman with her children in the back seat, but still drove up on the side of her and shot up the car and shot and killed one of the babies in the back. Only if she could have just let the car go. Just go. If you want to drive past me, if you want to get in front of me, just go. It ain't taking nothing but a moment out of my life. We got to resist the urge to respond. We got to resist the urge to exchange evil for evil, brothers and sisters. So the Lord says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So anything that you're faced with, the Lord is telling you right now, he has already made a way for you to escape and to get out of the situation. You just have to do what? Exercise the alternatives. Because we're coming up on that next one, which is alt. we still on control right now. Let's go to James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7. We're talking about control, alt, delete. James 4 and 7. And it reads, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
The devil comes in all shapes and forms, brothers and sisters. It's not just in a form of a person that's cursing you out and, 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 and trying to do things that's going to physically hurt you. No, the devil comes in pleasurable ways too. It says to resist the devil and he will flee. You just got to be able to notice it when you see it, when you start getting that feeling, brothers and sisters. That's the moment that you got to start talking to God. God, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm feeling something inside of me. I need you to come in right now in the name of Jesus. I need you to come and check me right now. I need you to come give me the strength right now. Let's go to Galatians 5 and 17. Galatians 5 and 17. But remember, the closer you get to God and the more you pray, the more the devil going to get busy with you, brothers and sisters. Because again, the devil, Satan, always wants to show God, oh, you think you got this one? I'm going to show you you ain't got this one. Same way we did, he did with Job. Oh, you think you got this one? No, you ain't got him. Just remove your protection from him. I'm going to show you that he ain't faithful to you. Well, it's the same way Satan does with us. Does with us. The closer we start getting to God, the more Satan comes in and tries to tempt us. It's crazy, brothers and sisters. This seventh month of the year in which the Lord has four feast days, the memorial, the blowing of trumpets, the day of atonement, the feast of tabernacles and the eighth day. I'm like, man, OK, this is a chance for me to like start, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, just just building back up and just getting myself more and more together and soon as this hit brothers and sisters hey can you can you do this over here or or co-worker go off on me and curse me out and everything i'm like satan is busy waiting on my response waiting to see how i'm going to deal with things and handle things brothers and sisters and it's the same thing with you you trying to prepare yourself to fast on this day of atonement that's coming up, you taking days off work and trying to get into these Lord's feast days and trying to go to church on a Sabbath day and you're trying to get closer to God and the closer you get to God, the more people wanna test you, which really Satan is just using them to tempt you. But we working together, brothers and sisters, and I ain't met nobody that's bigger than Jesus and the Father, those two that work together. And as long as those two are on your side, then anything that comes before you can and will be defeated. But again, they're on your side, but you got to be with them too. Galatians 5 and 16, and it reads, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So he makes it plain right here, if we walk in the spirit, and when he talks about the spirit, he's talking about the word of God. We got to walk in this word, brothers and sisters, but in order to walk in the word, we got to learn what it says. Let's talk about alt. The word alt is short for the word alternative, right? So the word alternative or alternate means one of two or more possibilities. One or two or more possibilities. We're talking about control, alt, delete. We're talking about alt now. 
the alternative or alternate? What is it in your life that's going on right now that we need to switch out to put some God in? In the beginning, God gave us a choice, right? The alternative to the choice that God gave us, which was everlasting life, the alternative was death. We chose death. But now it's time for us to choose the alternative to death, which is life. Let's go to Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 through 20. Deuteronomy 30. And we're going to read verses 15 through 20. And it reads, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil and that i command thee this day to love the lord thy god to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply and the lord thy god shall bless thee in the land whether you go to possess but if thine heart turn away but if thine heart turn away so that thou will not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto you this day that you shall surely die and that you shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether you pass over Jordan to go to possess. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Choose life, brothers and sisters, that us and our children may live. I'm going to stop there for the sake of time. Let's go to the book of 1 John, the second chapter. There will always be an alt, an alternative or an alternate, brothers and sisters, it may appear as if you are having so much fun, right? Things are going on right now. You know, we sneaking and ain't nobody caught us yet. And, you know, we pulling up here and we doing little things that don't nobody know about but us. It may appear that we getting away with something. You know what I'm saying? It's fun. It's, it's exciting. The dopamines is uh, adrenaline is flowing, brothers and sisters. Remember the dopamine that I talked about? It's a rush, right? Satan will give you the gift of these lust of your flesh, and he will bless you with those things that you have given into. And not, he, you know what I'm saying? Satan is somebody that, man, he, he gave you a taste of it. Man, here, he, he take all that you want. You can have as much as you want to have. This is a smorgasbord. You could just come back, keep filling up your plate. As much as you want here. You, you tasted it. You, the dopamines, are, you, want, you want to keep getting that pleasure, that feeling, that rush. Come on, keep coming back and getting it. But there, there, there's a consequence, brothers and sisters, to giving in to those desires. Let's go to 1 John 2, 15 through 17. 1 John 2.
15 through 17, and it reads, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, for those who are new and really don't understand what living forever means, well, all of us got to come out of this flesh and blood body, brothers and sisters. So this is not the life that it's speaking of. But we all must be resurrected into our spirit bodies, right? But when we are resurrected, there are only two options for us to go. The lake of fire, which is called the second death, as listed in Revelations, the 20th chapter, or everlasting life in the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters. So we are striving for salvation and to be saved to be saved, ED, which means past tense, which means that you can never fall off and you can never die or feel hurt or pain or, or, or any of those things. So we declare that we are not saved, ED, until we step foot in the kingdom of God. Until then, we are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. But how many people have said, oh man, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And then turned around and committed suicide. We've had pastors that have committed suicide. We've had pastors that have committed suicide in a pulpit. We've had people that left a lifestyle, got into church, say that they were saved, and then eventually went back to that same lifestyle. Well, well the, what the Bible calls saved, brothers and sisters, means that you are no longer a flesh and blood being, you are a spirit being now, brothers and sisters. And you cannot under any circumstances go back or fall back into a particular type of lifestyle because now you are a part of the body of Christ. You are joint heirs with Christ. And what is Christ? Christ is called God in the book of John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if he picked back up his Godship after that third day when he rose and went and sat on the right hand of the father, right? Eventually went on, sat on the right hand of the father. He picked back up his Godship. He inherited a Godship. So if we become joint heirs with Christ, then we inherit a Godship. And when you are God, you can no longer sin, brothers and sisters. As he said out of his own mouth, you are all God's children of the Most High God. So we don't say that we're saved with an ED on it. We say that we are working on our salvation with fear and trembling. But we can and will say that we are saved when we step foot in the kingdom of God, brothers and sisters. And it's all about, you know, being better than our parents were. These were catchphrases that came out of the church that our parents used, but they didn't know any better. You know, they were good people, but these were catchphrases, brothers and sisters, but it's our job to correct those things today. Now, we're talking about control, alt, delete. Let's go to Genesis, the second chapter, 
15 through 17. Genesis, the second chapter, 15 through 17, there's always an alternative, right? One or two or more possibilities or having a choice. Let's look at the choice that God first gave us when he first created us, right? Genesis 2, 15 through 17, and it says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden. So that means that he wasn't created in the garden. He was created outside of the garden because if he was created in the garden, then there would not have been a need for the Lord to take the man and put him in the garden. It says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, let me explain. In addition to literal trees being in the garden, there was also Jesus and there was also Satan. Jesus is called the tree of life and Satan is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he says here at verse 17, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in other words, Satan, you shall not eat of it. In other words, you don't listen to this fallen being, this fallen angel. Don't consume or eat any of the knowledge that comes out of his mouth. For in the day that you eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So Adam ended up eating the fruit of Satan's lies, right? Which was given to him by his wife Eve, which Satan gave to her. And we all know what happened then. Death entered into the creation of man. That was the alternative to life. That was the alternative to the tree of life. And they chose the alternative, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or Satan and death, right? Now, Satan didn't bring death into man's creation. Adam brought death into man's creation, right? Because remember the Lord said, don't care how much you tempted, I am always giving you a way to escape out of it. Adam didn't take that route. Let's go to Romans, the fifth chapter, and find a little bit more about what happened all the way back then in the beginning and how we deal with it today. Romans 5, 12 through 9. Romans 5. And we're going to read verses 12 through 9. Romans 5, 12 through 9. There's always an alt an alternative brothers and sisters but today we're looking for an alternative to the things that are in our lives that we need to remove or delete control yourselves right replace or alternate those things in your life that don't need to be in your life then delete them control alt delete let's go to the book of romans the fifth chapter we read in verses 12 through 19 Romans 5, 12 through 19, and it reads, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and we just read that in Genesis, the second chapter, right? Well, actually, we read when God gave the choice. And the third chapter is where the sin was actually committed. Whereby, as one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For unto the law, sin was in the world. And it's talking about the law of animal sacrifice, brothers and sisters. But sin is not imputed 
when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. That's why Jesus is called the second Adam. Because in Adam's perfected state, brothers and sisters, he was the prototype of Jesus, brothers and sisters. Uh, this is deep. But he says, even for those who didn't commit the type of sin that Adam committed, sin still reigned over us. But verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, have abounded unto many. So Adam came and he messed it up. Jesus came back and he redeemed it and this is why tomorrow at sundown we will exercise and honor the lord's feast day of atonement brothers and sisters see in this lesson i had to bring you all the way back to atonement this is the only day of the year that the lord commands us to fast when we atone for our sins brothers and sisters no food, no water. From sundown tomorrow night, which is Wednesday night, to sundown Thursday night. Verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. So brothers and sisters, now we got an alternative. That's that control, alt, delete. What's the alternative to Adam? It's Jesus. What's the alternative to Satan and the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Jesus and the tree of life, brothers and sisters. So when we get things under control, we alternate those things away from us that we don't need, and we replace those things with what we do need in order to gain salvation. Control, alt, delete. Now let's end this thing, brothers and sisters, and talk about delete. The definition of delete means to remove, okay? To remove what is it that we need to get under control that we need to alter alternate or change and that we need to remove control or delete go to first corinthians 5 6 to 8. first corinthians 5 6 to 8 1 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 8, and it reads, your glorifying is not good. You know how many people we say, Jesus, 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 right? But we don't follow his manuscript of what he commands us to do. Your glorifying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? Purge out, therefore, that old leavening. Alternate. Alt. 
that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So we're going to alter and alternate out the old leaven, leavening of malice and wickedness, and we're going to replace it with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We're going to control, alt, delete, brothers and sisters. There's some things that need to be removed. There are some things that need to be swapped out for some things that are good in the eyes of God. And there's some things that we need to get under control. But what are they talking about this leavening? Okay, what, 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 why are we talking about leavening in the book of First Corinthians, the fifth chapter? Let's go back and find out what this leavening actually is. Could this lead into the feast of the Lord that we've been preaching to you about and teaching you about? these past three weeks. Let's go to the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, verse 18 through 20. Exodus 12, and we're gonna read verses 18 through 20. And it reads, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall not eat, I mean, sorry, you shall eat unleavened bread until the one and 20th day of the month. So not only do are we required to eat unleavened bread on the Passover, but we are also required to eat unleavened bread on the feast of the Lord called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is the day after the Passover, even a seven day period of time because it is a seven day feast. So between the Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, those are eight days that we are commanded to eat unleavened bread, right? Leavening is that agent that makes your dough rise when you bake it. So this is still in effect today. If you are a Christian, if you say that you are a follower of Jesus and you are a follower of Christ, this is a commandment that we still keep to, the, to this day. When the Passover comes, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which starts the day after the Passover, and it's a seven-day feast, we eat unleavened bread for that period of time, brothers and sisters, okay? Now, um, we just want to show you where it came from. Let's go to Leviticus 23, five through six. We're gonna double down on that and show you where, um, even in the feast of the Lord, which is mentioned in this chapter, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, if you ever want to know what you're supposed to be celebrating, since we don't celebrate Christmas, we don't celebrate Easter, we don't celebrate New Year's or any of the Roman Christian holidays, there's a difference between Roman Christianity and biblical Christianity. It is the Roman Emperor Constantine at the Council of Nicaea in 321 AD that brought a lot of these pagan holidays into Christianity today, right? But if you really want to know what the Lord commands us to keep and to celebrate and to memorialize, go to this chapter in the Bible, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. All seven of them are in this chapter. And these are still commandments that we must keep even to this day, 
Leviticus 23, and we're going to read verses 4 and 5. I'm sorry, let's read 4 through uh, 6, Sister Key. It says, these are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. And the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. So this tells us two things. Number one, if you want to know when God's New Year's Day is, you find out when the Passover is, right? And it says here that the Passover is on the 14th day of the first month at evening. We never had the Passover in January, so that means that January is not the beginning of the year. And if we break this thing down, and real quickly, we always talk about the root of the word October, O-C-T, meaning eight, octagon, octopus, right? October. The beginning, nov, N-O-V means nine, D-E-C means 10, decade is 10 years, decathlon is a race of 10, decimal point is rounding to the nearest 10. So October is eight, nov is nine, December is 10, January is 11, February is 12. But I'm just saying that to say that the, the Passover ain't never been in January, right? So if you want to do, know when God's New Year's Day is, find out when the Passover is and subtract 14 days from it. Because it says that the Passover is on the 14th day of the first month at evening, right? So you subtract 14 days and then you go to the evening of that first day. And that's how when that's that's when you know, you know, a, a calendar. When you look at a calendar, it's seven days in a week, right? So if the Passover was on the twenty-first of a month, right, at sundown, then if you subtract seven days from twenty-one, you got fourteen. If you subtract another seven days, you have seven. So if Passover fell on the twenty-first of a given month then you know that God's new year would be on the seventh of that month, which is 14 days before the 21st day at evening, just to show you kind of break things down, brothers and sisters. So just giving you some gems. That's what you call learning something on the way to learning something. That's how we know when God's new year's day is every year. We know when his new year's day is because we read this word of God right here. But we're talking about control, alt, delete. Let's go to the book of 1 John. We only got three more places to go. I'm sorry, the book of uh, Philippians. We only got three more places to go. At the end of the day, brothers and sisters, we must confess our sins and atone for our sins. And this is why this day that's coming up, Wednesday, tomorrow night at sundown, is the Lord's Day of Atonement when we are commanded to afflict our souls for this one day, to fast this one day and atone for our sins. Now we atone for our sins year round, but the fasting part, this is the only day of the year that the Lord commands us to fast. Don't mean that this is the only day that we could fast or have to fast, but whenever you do fast, it's a commandment for you to do it on this day. Let's go to Philippians, the second chapter. Uh, I'm sorry. What, wait a minute. Let's see how I got this down here. Let's see. Philippians. 
the second chapter, and I think it's 12 through 15. Philippians, the second chapter. Yep, 12 through 15. Philippians 2, 12 through 15. And it reads, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputes, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in this world. See, brothers and sisters, at the beginning, I talked about how when some of us walk into the room and the whole energy and spirit of the room change. Why? Because this right here says we shine as lights in a world of darkness, brothers and sisters. So we got to stay on this path. Stop complaining so much about the hard times. Don't you know that God has ordained the things that are happening to you in your life? Sometimes he wants to test you. Sometimes he will allow Satan to tempt you, but all is for the glory, glorification of God and the edification of those who are watching you and looking at you and who are around you. Let's go um, to 1 John, the fifth chapter. I'm sorry, 1 John, the first chapter, 5 through 10. 1 John 1. We're going to read 5 through 10, and it reads, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, and that's all of you who are watching, YouTube, Facebook, Poet Radio, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make, up the, make him a liar and his word is not in us. So brothers and sisters, the whole point out of this whole thing is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's that delete part, brothers and sisters. Deleting your old ways, deleting that old self for that new self, for these ways, brothers and sisters. Let's go to our last place, Acts, the second chapter, 36 to 38. Acts 2, verses 36 through 38. And it reads, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God have made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, 
both Lord and Christ. So wait a minute. Even if you have committed murder, <laughs> brothers and sisters, this is crazy. These people right here was responsible for the death of Jesus. You mean to tell me they still could be forgiven? Let's read it again. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God have made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and unto the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Now, this is why we don't baptize like this. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Those are not names. Those are titles. Brothers and sisters, according to this, you have to be baptized in a name, in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, control Alt, delete, get ourselves under control because we've been losing control. We've been out of control on some things. We got to get back control over our spirit self because our spirit self is what controls our flesh. And once we get back control, now it's time to alternate those things that we don't need and replace it with the things that we do need. And then when we get rid of those things that we don't need, it's time to delete them. Control, alt, delete. Control, alt, delete, brothers and sisters. It is time to reboot your system. It is time to get out of this program that we've been in. It is time to restart our spirit man and woman, brothers and sisters. Last but not least, let me say this. Someone asked the question, why are we doing the Day of Atonement tomorrow at sundown when the Edomites or the folks who calls themselves Jews are doing it today, Yom Kippur, right? Now, if we look at this thing, and Brother Duncan, I'm going to have to use my phone, so if you want to hear the answer to this, you're going to have to come over to YouTube, hit the YouTube link, because I got to show them um, through Google how we calculate this thing. So um, I'm going to go ahead and sign off from, I don't know, you may still be able to hear me, but we do things according to Jerusalem time, brothers and sisters, right? Now... The new moon in Jerusalem, first we have to calculate that, right? Let's, let's pull this up.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.